1: Brand. Oh, what's up guys well,
0: well apparently I just, you wanted to talk to us yeah <laughs>
1: uh, well you know just yeah. a little bit we had a little thing called the show going on but yeah a little,
2: well i was counting the math i thought okay uh, uh divorce at 31 married at 32 <laughs> divorce at 33 and a half married at 37
1: there That's you go there you go. Yep. So, I you love your comments. Yeah, your comment at the end there. I can't judge. I've been married three yeah, times. Yeah, like I know. That. Perfect. Really? Perfect answer.
2: <laughs> Julia, we're having a blood drive a week
1: from today. I know. Wow, yeah. i
2: live live, live, live broadcast at a blood drive place, <laughs> the Memorial Blood Center, mm-hmm. which is just right around the corner from us. Right, so, the Saint I'm, Paul. I'm so happy that we're doing this and raising. You know, getting donors. I think we're going to have up information on our show link page for like. If you would like to donate, I think there's only going to be like 10 10 spots because they need volunteers desperately.
3: And that's another thing, though. If people are looking for some volunteering opportunities, Blood Drive, I mean, Memorial Blood Drive could use them for people to take, you know, help out. So I'm just excited that that
2: all came together while I was uh, in Hawaii. And then, you know, how I think I told you guys on the air a couple of times that Casey was pretty much daily getting chased by wild turkeys every morning as he went <laughs> by their roosting areas. And mm-hmm. when I say chase, full-breasted, thrumming the man, fanning out the feathers, the tom, yeah. and running after him and other walkers going in. The, very aggressive. This is their area. So Casey and I were like, both, we just hit the wall. Like at at five o'clock we felt like very i even here yesterday because i'm like oh, it's 10 o'clock i would have been in bed by now for a month so we were fighting and fighting i said but let's watch killing eve because that show is so good and so clever we can at least get through two episodes episodes so that we're not getting up at like three or four in the morning sure and so he just we'd had dinner just started
3: playing Did you start on episode one? I mean, are you at the very beginning? No, we had watched one before we left. So we've watched like three. Oh, you got ahead of me because I just finished three. Okay.
2: We're at the together. Okay. Okay. And um, Casey jumps out of the chair and he's like... (laughs) <laughs> Get out of your chair. Two of the biggest turkeys in the world are right outside in our bed. Ba- I said, oh, "Be quiet." I think he's kidding me. You right, know?
3: right, because this is all we've saw for a month.
2: I, and the only time I've ever seen a wild turkey here, which I see them sometimes by, by the, the river, river, sometimes by the railroad track over by where your brother used to live. Yeah. You know, there is that railroad yeah, track. Yeah, uh,
3: yeah. I see them um, in woodberry, wo- wooded areas. Yeah. Okay,
2: but I'm in a city neighborhood where there's you know a tree. That there and a tree there and fences alleys very much a city not a dirty yeah i get up and there are the two of the biggest turkeys i mean i'm talking if i were to guess what that turkey would weigh on your table they were 25 pounders wow! just gigantic and they were in our yard for five minutes looking in the window at us yeah, pecking around on, under our pergola, staring in our door. And I then can't the,
3: believe Casey didn't run out and get him to go. We were just you like w- so in shock that yeah. turkeys, after all the turkey,
2: you know, and then the neighbor, these kids across the alley, got a wind of one of the turkeys had strutted, and then they came running over, and then the turkeys went dashing out of our house and across the street and dog walkers were i mean it was the biggest uh, animal excitement in a in a in city a neighborhood but it was just like i i go is that any kind of a weird sign just a strange coincidence that the turkeys followed you home then, i mean that you we were lived so... there for 23 right. and a half and you've years never
3: seen turkeys there Isn't that wild? That is weird.
2: Never. And in our yard and stopped. And I had took pictures and I forgot to do lady (laughs) exercise voice. I was so excited. I did a little video. But they were looking right in at Casey and I. And then they came around the deck and looked in our door. And I looked at Casey. I said, could it be Marlene and your dad? Oh, that is hysterical. And he said, why do you have to see signs and everything? I I said, this is a pretty strange. Strange coincidence. That is, that is weird. And I remember you—you you had a former mother-in-law who had oh. a
3: turkey twice fly into to her home. <laughs> And my home, but they lived the in like, witted lots. Yes, yeah. but and I had them just this weekend up at oh, the yeah. cabin, just sitting yeah. right outside my Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay. these are on the run. And yeah, they're, they're all the they're run.
1: all over Hopkins. There's a big batch, like twelve of them, by Hopkins Crossroads yeah. and the uh, the holiday where the old Cheapskate used to be. If anybody's listening in Hopkins, they know because they know. There's at least ten or twelve of them always on the corner there, and it's a busy corner. But they're just hanging out, playing hanging away.
3: out.
2: Yeah. I've never seen a dead turkey in the road, and I was kind of like, I mean, but they were like really so. Oh, yeah, they
1: were big. I Saw the video. They so were- diga- <laughs> I
2: sent it to Grant
3: right away because yeah. I was like, "Animal Planet alert!" Oh,
1: I knew huge. he
2: was
3: just watching basketball. The back and forth, the back and oh. forth. Okay, Mary, our friend, just said she lives right outside of Minneapolis, and her neighbors had fourteen turkeys in their yard <laughs> in one morning. Wow! What's well, you know, we've got the bird thing going on right now because the egg thing is happening. Yeah, I've at some of our of plants. Yeah, all I know is eggs are expensive for Easter. Bird because the chickens are sick. Yes. So I don't know if there's some... Buy your eggs now. Right.
1: Whoa, I didn't yeah. know this. Oh, yeah, they yeah. went up
2: by like yeah, 500%. Yeah, they've like, um, Bird flu. Bird flu is oh,
1: back. Chicken oh. flu. The world. There you go. Chicken, chicken flu. flu. <laughs> just yeah. another thing to add to the list. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just
3: really, I think Easter this year is bring your own. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was just sending out invitations to Easter, and I'm thinking, yeah. ah, everyone just bring a dish, and we'll put it in the middle of the table. I just want to clarify, Laura, about mm-hmm. our remote. Yeah. And Grant, it is going to be next... Tuesday. We never said the date. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. next Tuesday. And like Lori said, we'll have stuff up on our website if you want to sign up to be one of the 10 people that gets to donate them, which is great. But um, we're going to actually be inside the Memorial um, Blood Drive Main building, which is right off 280 and 94, which is literally right down the block from where we are. Mm-hmm. And we'll be inside and we'll have people can come inside and yeah, hang a out at like an old-fashioned
2: remote. Yeah, I
3: love it. Yeah, so and that's going to f-
2: happen. Bring your calendar or your planner or whatever. Maybe you'll find a date that you can volunteer or right. donate that day. Because right. I'm ready, Julia. It's been 56 days since I saved three lives.
3: Isn't that something?
2: That's what it is.
3: You know... And you guys, they're so low on blood. mm -hmm. They're so low on blood and volunteers. So this is a good opportunity for us to just talk about them and talk with their staff.
2: Finally, I've done something besides give checks and (laughs) uh, and credit card donations online. No, that's all I do. Oh, and there's something I do when I drive by Planned Parenthood and there's protesters. (laughs) It involves a bird. It involves a bird flying out my window. Oh, that's so
4: lovely. (laughs) That is is also one of my things that
2: I do. Well, you know what? Planned Parenthood found my thyroid cancer when I was 24 and gave me birth control pills along with many other high school, college, and young all of, us. Have, all of us. that We didn't have care. Yeah, if there wasn't insurance. So that's where we got our pills and our pap smears, and that's where they found out I had thyroid cancer when really? I was
1: 24. Wow. Yeah, A nurse practitioner.
2: Did. So I always give them money. They do amazing, amazing things. All right, listen, we got to go. It's our story. We can't get enough of it. Someone who really rarely gives interviews, but she's in New York City for an opportunity. And we're going to hear from her next.
3: Okay, so Pamela Anderson showed up on The View this morning. Oh, I was so excited. They haven't had a good guest for a while, and I know they're really leaning
2: into politics, and there's yeah. a lot going I fast on. I
3: fast-forwarded the whole thing and tell her.
2: Yeah, but when they said <laughs> Pamela Anderson, and they saved her for the last segment. And we, I know, Lori. And we know that she's in... New York, because she—it was uh, maybe six weeks ago or so—we learned that she's going to play Roxy Hart in the in the Broadway um, rendition of Chicago. The stage, uh, no, yeah, Chicago, exactly. And the last time. The pandemic, Erica Jane got to be Roxy Hart for... For like a week. For like two weeks. And they do like to stunt cast Roxy Hart. And there's been a lot of great ones. Christy Brinkley did it. Lisa Rinna. Mm -hmm. I mean, and Pamela Anderson hasn't done anything for a while. Probably needs some money. Got divorced from this guy. Who knows if she did a prenup. And they obviously... No questions about the Hulu documentary. Not Nothing. One. Not one. And so that was her publicist term. And she just rarely gives. Do we see her on interviews? We see her paparazzi. We actually
3: kind of see her on The View because all that Julian Assange stuff she was that on was for a, that was five years, years ago. Or, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, a long time. Yeah. She's been off and on on that show, but she had a beautiful
2: pink suit on. It was so pretty. And of course... Young women, if you're listening, please, please, please do (laughs) not tweeze all your eyebrows off. And for God's sakes, don't shave them. Please. You will live to regret it as your um, slightly older, older, and way older self, okay? Because it's a disaster. It's a disaster. And Pamela is stuck with those 90 eyebrows. Yep, she she is. Tweezed and tweezed them, and that was the look in the 90s. I'm surprised she doesn't
3: get the tattoo thing which everybody does right now.
2: You know, because sometimes it looks like crap. Oh, there you go.
3: That's why. And she doesn't trust she at least can go
2: Pride with the s- eyebrow brows, boobs and the updo of her hair.
1: You can erase. You can't really erase a tattoo as easily. You can, but you not- can, but it leaves
2: shadows and who oh, wants yours? an eyebrow shadow like a mustache <laughs> shadow. Okay.
1: <laughs> There's oh TikTok videos actually of botched. Things like that where the people come out looking like they have a beard above their eye. Yeah, and yeah, lovely. So that's
2: why I think she's okay. gonna just stick with what she knows and yeah. it's kind of iconic. And so she was talking really being on the show, uh, talking about being um playing Roxy Hart and just like she's never done this. She's never she did dancing with the stars, you know, she's done like things like that, but we know from our two days, we got to rehearse five days for a for our little bit that we did on our project Down and Dirty, the musical, the musical, and um, a show that's not in existence here. It isn't a podcast, but it was Marjorie and Tam, Tam. And-, and I want to say that uh, there there were like there were five gals in that, and they trained their butt off to do that.
3: Roxy Hart Chicago thing they did a the Chicago number, thing. Yeah, the number, yeah, and it was Marley,
2: Marley, yes, yeah, she was in it, but it was like hard work. So here's, I don't even know what the first cut we have of, of this of, one's
1: her talking about being a part of the the show, the okay.
2: show,
3: okay. One week from today, you'll begin an eight week run ah. as Roxy Hart, Good part for you, yes. in, in Chicago, yeah, marking great your Broadway point. debut. So, uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: See yeah. that's unbelievable
4: dancing and I really love it. That's I didn't great. know I could do any of it. Which oh. I'm just like jump off the Cliff, just do it. Yeah. It's yeah. Exciting. I think I, I really needed it at this time in my life, too. So it's just like the stars are aligning for sure. So I'm, I just, uh, it's a lot of work. What? I've never worked so hard at anything. I'm sure. I've no, gone away Fosse. with murder at the beginning. Fosse bikini. makes his work.
2: Tell us about the work of it. What have you been preparing how are you doing? Well, we
4: did two weeks in LA, you know, six or seven hours a day, six days a week, and now it's every day. And it's been a month I've been in New York, so singing, dancing, mm-hmm. um, vocal I mean I didn't know I could do any of this stuff I mean the codependent in me wants everybody to be able to experience being on Broadway because it's yeah. just too good <laughs> yeah but I got to realize this is for me you know this yeah. is yeah. one decision I made for myself yeah which is different you but know, you jumped out of a complete comfort zone to do something
3: like oh, yeah. this. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah.
4: Well, how did you get to do that? People would like to, I would like to uh, do more of that. How do you do that? Well, first of all, I was lucky because I was asked to do it by Barry yeah. Weisler. So, I mean, you can't that. just want to get asked. be on Broadway. The opportunity has to come to you. But I've always been really good at taking opportunity when it comes. And just grabbing it by the throat, you know, uh-huh. and just yeah. going for it. Because it's scary and exciting, all those wonderful things. Like, I love yeah. that. It feels like when I came to L.A. The same thing, like I'd never been on a plane before, and I came to LA, and it's just you just go for it. You I know. I just things, love
3: her. There's such a sweetness yeah. about about her. And we did learn in that Hulu Tommy and Pam mm-hmm. that she loved Broadway shows. You know, she was making Tommy Lee watch The King and Nine, I, like yes. when they first met. Yeah. But the thing I remember about being in the Grant this was ten years ago. It was one of our maybe our third project on a dirty or something. And we had the training, and it was every night. I never felt so firm. My legs felt so firm, and we only were doing, like, one number. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. right. It was amazing. These dancer legs. We did that with the beginning. We did the chorus line thing. But it was amazing Amazing. how firm your legs feel from dancing, and you see that with all these dancer legs. I
2: I am going to bet that she got paid a pretty good chunk of money because people will
0: go... Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind
1: all of this is Chris Jenner,
0: LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends.
1: Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel.
0: Oh, just to
2: see her as 100%. Roxy Hart. And they showed the stills. And my god, hair, or makeup, oh. and body.
1: If Lily said we're going to see Roxy Hart and Pamela Anderson's going, I'd be in. If she didn't well, say she was going, I'd probably say next
2: no. week for eight weeks. Plan your trips to New York accordingly at the
3: Ambassador Theater. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
2: And then here's a question from Sonny Hostin. A
3: secret to that because uh, you know you, it's like you take on a full persona any tips to the average human to look more like you and, <laughs> Lots of makeup and hair. a
4: great photographer no but I do that's what I do I like to take on a persona that's that's what I do you, you know you know hair. your body and you know your body positions but then you also just become something else or become more of yourself. I, I, one thing that really helped mm. me lately is i realized, you realized, know, I've always been willing, I've always been willing to change, but now I realize I just need to be more of me. Yeah. yeah. Mm. You know, and I thought really was profound for me to, to know that, and then kind of with uh, pictures yes, and everything.
2: You, you started the conversation with people wanting you to be more of you, and now you're saying you want to be more of you.
4: Yeah, and when you believe in yourself, other people start believing in you too. And that's mm. not, it's a cliche thing to say, but as soon as I decided I'm good enough, then all this this stuff just started happening. It was like huh. miracle after miracle. Now I yeah. feel like I'm in the right place. I've gone from Baywatch to Broadway. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Oh. And
2: then, but I want to get this last thing because we just heard about a Netflix documentary she's doing on her own life. Let's take a listen to what she says about that.
3: You are writing a book and you're working on a Netflix documentary about your life. What are you most
4: excited to share about your story? Well, sharing my story, first of all. Yeah, <laughs> so my, kids, my kids are producing the show, are producing oh, wow. a Netflix documentary and uh, the, the memoirs are really therapeutic cuz i was writing over the last year and i'm writing my own book not with a collaborator Good. or anything there might need to be subtitles the publisher said <laughs> but it is me speaking i'm writing and i have my own way of writing but i think it's very intimate it's not perfect it's imperfect like me and this it's it's very honest and your children are producing this documentary yeah. but anyway i love what she had to say yeah. is
1: everything
3: yeah I, th- I think good for her. Yeah. I'm not her. one thing about Pam and Tommy. No, I know.
1: Right, not even one. Go. Good thing for her on that, too. Yeah.
3: Love my baby. Grant is an Elvis fan, Julia. I, oh, yeah. You two yeah. have so much in common. I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, you really do. Okay, so Anne margaret was on CBS This Morning and um, looking... No, wasn't it Sunday morning? Yes, CBS Sunday. This Morning. This I always just think of that as Sunday morning. Right?
2: I, I didn't... I know I could watch it, but boy, that was a good one. John Baptiste and Anne margaret but even
3: before that, they had a great uh, story on
2: the... That's the best show on TV. It really
3: is. If you guys don't watch CBS Sunday, Sunday morning, morning... It's so
2: good. It gives you so many great stories great stories, stories about, people. about and feel good about and helpful. And I love that Jane Polly and Mount Mora I just love everything about that damn show.
3: I do, too. And so Ann-Margaret was on, and, and um, they kind of teased it that we were going to get finally into the love story of Ann-Margaret and Elvis Presley
2: and to me the person at CBS that has the best damn job is Tracy Smith because she does all the celebrities she has a great job <laughs> she gets to go and? see Clooney in Italy yep. she gets to go to people's high. I mean she and she then does. she gets a length of time she to tell I the story have, that that's job the, the job I envy well
3: you know who else does is who's the guy that used to be the morning anchor who now does the long stories too that Tony DeCoppel took over oh, for. Oh, yeah. See, not I can't think of, but I these can't. people do have, like, dream jobs of ours. Okay, so it
2: was Tracy so, Smith.
3: Okay, so she sits down with Anne Margaret. Mm-hmm. And the tease, you know, because she was one of the last stories, was all we were going to get a little bit into, like, her Elvis thoughts and love story. Because you told me for years that they fell in love when they made Viva Las Vegas. Yes, it's 1964.
2: So, She's 23 to his whatever age he is.
3: I have no idea. He's not that not much, much older.
2: Not that much but older. But he's than, well known. And he's engaged to Priscilla. Yes. Who, who's who, He promised her parents... When they let her move in with him to go to a Catholic girl's school, but live at Graceland. Think of that. When she was 16. Think of that. That he would marry her, you know, that he was, that was his forever girl, that he would be honorable. And apparently they held out and just made out. But, you know, till probably your senior year of high school. I envision Elvis and I have that in common, his young girlfriend. Oh, you know, that you be, can make I, out good for like a year, year and a half. similarities
3: are just amazing. No, but amazing. don't you think
2: that's the longest you can just heavy make out with a boyfriend or a girlfriend that you're really crazy about?
1: I don't think I can make it that long. I'm well, just, I
2: why,
3: love
1: Elvis, but I'm going to say yeah, yeah. But for think for of Elvis the times.
3: Yeah, corduroy pants. And. <laughs> I don't
1: okay, know if I could make so, it a year and a half.
3: So we've got a little bit of audio of her talking, then we'll take it from there. Okay.
0: You're finished with Bye Bye Birdie, and they tell you, okay, we'd like you to do Viva Las Vegas, and your co-star is going to be? EP. EP, Elvis. And I had never met him. Do you remember that first meeting? Oh, yeah. It was kind of awkward. (laughs) Hi. (laughs) (laughs) It was great. They made Sparks off-screen, too, but that's still something she'll only talk about to a point. What's your fondest memory, would you say, of him? Oh,
3: my God. Oh, I don't want to get into that, because that's so personal.
0: It's just so personal. Does it make you sad, is that, or it's just...
3: I don't like to share those, because that was between, that was between him and me. And here's
0: something else close to Anne margarets heart. She made multiple trips to Southeast Asia during the Vietnam War to help keep up morale. What was it like going to Vietnam and performing for the oh, trips? Oh, I was there in
3: 1966 and 1968. Boy, you talk about my heart pumping. Woo! Ow! How did
0: carnal knowledge change how people saw you?
3: The movie. Oh, my gosh.
0: They thought I could act. And the Academy voters thought so, too. She earned her first Oscar nod for a film that her own parents couldn't bear to watch. Daddy
3: never saw it. He knew what it was about, and he didn't want to see it because of obvious things. And I understood of course. Of yes.
0: course. But how was that for you to have people say, "Oh, she's a serious actress?" Oh, I was I was thrilled.
3: I never planned for anything like that.
0: Does it seem a little surreal even as you tell this story oh, now? Oh, yes.
3: My whole life. How can this happen? I'm so
2: thankful for everything. She's lo- she she's lovely and Roger um, her husband, her, Roger Smith, whom she married at um, in 1967, three years after Viva Las Vegas. Um, but he died maybe a couple years 2017. ago. 2017. Yeah, they were se- together for 50, 50 years. years. And she still occasionally rides her motorcycle. And the reason she won't talk about Elvis is it has been confirmed all the way around the board. They were each other's love of oh. their lives and could not be together because Elvis had promised Mr. and Mrs. Bouliot, yeah. Priscilla's parents cuz that he would marry Priscilla and he did make good on that and she was heartbroken he was heartbroken and for the until he died every time she played a show in Vegas and Bob Mackie he did her amazing gowns mm-hmm. he sent her a huge bouquet of flowers and just signed it with all my love EP. Aww. and that's come from various people who've written about it, Friends of Alvis. Yes, it's known. and she just out of respect for Priscilla and she's a woman of a certain age. She's my mom's age. I think she's eighty. yeah. my mom very much doesn't believe in that sort of kissing and telling <laughs> yeah,
1: you could tell she was holding back that and oh, yeah. she had some emotion in her when, voice her voice. and if you watch the interview, you can see he it was, she you was you know, her head was spinning. A and little bit.
3: she had also, um, you know, she was nominated for a Grammy, Best New Artist in 1962. Oh, oh my gosh. So, um, she was, she, her last name, I can't remember, but she came out from Sweden. Oh, Olsen. Olsen, and she dropped it because she was in the press so much, and she was doing, she was with the group band and doing performing and running around. She didn't want her parents to see salacious headlines of her. And Margaret. Yeah. That's so classic. So she just dropped the ending, you know, the Ed Olsen and gorgeous, gorgeous. And the guy she married this Roger Smith, he was on this show that people watched back in the 70s, 77 sunset. It was in the sixties. There were 74 episodes. So it was on for a while. Yeah. But he I, was also Patrick, the young nephew of Rosalind Russell in Mame. Oh, he played the kid. The kid. Oh my god! Oh, and and I love that
2: version of Auntie Maine with Rosalind Russell. And she said he was a child actor, knew the business. Yeah. Then grew up and be was an adult. And and then
3: he was her manager. Manager. That's right. And then she had. um, So, carnal knowledge was done in 1971. Mike Nichols was the director, and Jack Nicholson was her Mm co-star. Sexy. Sexy. And apparently, she said that they've had a special connection because they were in. Colonel knowledge and Tommy and she earned an Academy Award nomination and Golden Globe win for each but just the nom and she said Jack Nicholson was so wonderful she said about working with him, we had a scene where I was crying and he was shouting and screaming and he's always made sure that I was okay. Aww. And then he would end up going home with laryngitis because he just screamed all day. Yeah. And she just said that's the kind of guy he was. But I can see her, she had a special, you know, connection with Walter Mathau and Jack Lemon. Oh, yeah. And grumpy old man, grumpy old man. I mean, she just Oh, my just dad seems just
2: loved her. So and I'm going to have to ask my dad. Because in 1968, before our family moved there when we were kids. To where? To Japan. Uh, Okay. My dad went to Saigon to see a USO show, Bob Hope show. And my yep. mom was kind of mad at him because his two women, my mom's was Elvis. They were young and, and so her they mom, were jealous. Her mom
3: is little red. So your mom is the red hair.
2: Yes. My mom loves Elvis and my dad loves her Welch Welton and Margaret. Those are uh-huh. who and he was like, I'm gonna have to ask him if he was at that show. And they used to tape those shows or mm-hmm. on a reel to reel. And then when there weren't movies on the Air Force Base, yep. We would watch the Bob Hope specials. And that's how I fell in love with like Joey Heatherton and sort of like people that I wouldn't, you wouldn't normally know. But right. on Saturday afternoon, we'd go, oh, it's a back to back. Bob, hope you and we would watch the show so and funny. the troops would be cheering. That's so cool. He was so he, and he had funny. everybody, every big star, and he oh, always yeah. had like two or three really beautiful women. Mm-hmm. He always had Leering, probably if we listened to the jokes, we'd be oh, yeah. whatever. But he was bringing so much uh, joy. To the- yes.
1: Oh yeah. And Are
2: you Vietnam was fricking. Hell Hell. yeah! It was hell.
1: My my dad doesn't talk about anything about it. Not that there's, but when he tells me stories, it's usually about the Bob Hope stuff, the fun things like that, and that's what he and
2: they and he was like really would show up several times a year and have a comedian and also some singers. But he did a whole, whole, thing, and you know, and I mean, it. It's just it is a thing when you're in country Mm -hmm. fighting somewhere. These shows are everything to oh, the soul. You yeah. can
3: imagine, and, you and know, then Anne Margaret, she's so gorgeous, and, and then wearing this, you know, in
2: the sixties, uh, the go-go boots, mini dresses, and the, boots, and the, dress. dresses the and, pointy, and the pointy,
3: beautiful moves, <laughs> oh, and, yeah. and shaking your hair, and... and she literally, you know, she's a redhead, but she's truly a brunette. But mm. they had dyed her hair for um, the movie she was in, nineteen sixty-two State Fair. Okay, and then they kept it that way, and she shared the same because. In the 50s and 60s, red hair was so in vogue. Lucille Ball, Ball yeah, was yeah. a blonde who was ah, redhead. And their, right. um, their celebrity hairstyles was this Sydney Golaroff, who I kind of want to peek at yeah. and do a little deep dive into. But she said, you know, because the red hair was something that they gave her.
2: Well, and I, I, here's okay. one other funny thing I know about her the year Bye, Bye, Birdie came out. Love like that 63, I know you love that Bye, movie. Bye, Thank God they didn't make a remake with J- J-Lo. Oh. I don't know if that'll work. I don't know if it will work anymore because it's really kind of sexist. Yeah, yeah they'd have to and, redo it. But that yeah. same year, Anne. Mag Rock was introduced yes. on the Flintstones. Flintstones.
1: Yes, they talked about that. And I had, it was so much from that uh, that, that interview. But, and she had the little red hair, hair. And, and she, oh, even yeah. had, it was a perfect spitting cartoon image of. And And margaret Margaret. and And margaret Margaret. She was
3: everything.
2: Everything. Yeah, Yeah, so I'm glad they did that interview. Okay, good. Good story. Um, Listen, we come back. Um, Can you guys think of a Hollywood actress who I just love and adore and talk about whenever I can? Well,
3: I'm going to talk about a Hollywood actor that we... And adore before that.
2: Okay. <laughs> I love that song and I'm agreeing green more and more with um John Bream the album of the year should have went to Olivia Rodrigo Sour not enough people know the John Baptiste album or bother think- whatever you'll think of at least if the just the music you just think of 2021 I do think of Olivia Rodrigo she got us through we 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 cried with her we got a banger with her we got to say, uh, the High School Musical Disney, the High School Musical musical. whatever. you remember the big yes. long name oh, that yeah, show? Oh big time. The, I don't know, um, but I I I uh, I couldn't be more excited because I just love John. I, we play that Freedom song. I love Jan, John Baptiste and stuff, and he was so shocked. He really did think he wasn't going to win. So I know, I, you know, that was that was. <laughs> I mean, that was my thing. But I just I never am sick of that song. Ever. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to get tickets and go to the Army. You are going
3: to get tickets to go.
2: Well, Julia, I'm going to print a Olivia map. Olivia
3: Rodrigo I'm, is coming to town. Is it next week? It's next week, and I'm
2: hoping it's not my last night of bowling, Grant.
1: We cannot have that. Let's double check here. All right, all right
2: so you. So we posted. This came out yesterday. Yes. And the flight attendant. And on I'm HBO. Just on HBO, and I'm just having the loveliest. um Back and forth, back and forth. Twitter DM with Christopher Bohalian, the author of the flight attendant, who uh, Katie Kaylee Quoco optioned this. Called her agent and said, "Find this guy. I want to buy this book." They weren't even actively shopping. Like she read it the same week we read it Mm -hmm. when it first came out, Um, and the first page of the flight attendant grabs you from the very yeah, first taste Such the, a great book. The flight attendant wakes up the party flight attendant and there's a dead hot man. dead man in her bed and she has vague memories <laughs> yep. of a hot sexy night with him and that's how it starts.
1: Sounds like a nightmare but also yeah. You know, but it, like it grabs good you as a yeah, reader. It does. Absolutely. It grabbed me as a nightmare too. And we yeah.
3: loved the HBO Max um, flight attendant. It was so good. Come, it was come, so come,
1: different. Come,
2: yeah. The, see it was in Bangkok and all the you know kind of different she was Dubai and Italy. We did go to to Italy in the first one, but she took the her people took the genesis, the germs, the genesis of a story and made it work, and it was fantastic. Season two, the trailer is out. It is posted, and Sharon Stone La Stone is going to be in Flight Attendant season two. She is going to play the mother. Of Kaylee Cuoco's character, Cassie Bowden, who likes to drink and has poor judgment in men, and has faced a reckoning because people thought she killed the hot sexy man in her bed, but she can't remember.
3: We're not going to give anything away.
2: That's how it starts off. And the whole thing goes is flashbacks, kind of.
3: And if people never watched it, I think, because if people did so good. So good. So season two comes out on April 21st. Thank you. And um, Sharon Stone's going to be in it. Lori couldn't be happier.
2: I couldn't be happier because here's the thing. I just know that Sharon Stone is going to play some kind of, of a her mom a difficult mom. Well her mom she didn't might...
3: seem like she was very much in the picture in the first one. Yeah,
2: yeah. And so I think I like Sharon Stone to, you know, she can do it. She can be a villain. She can be um she can be comedy. So I think it's gonna be kind of um a fun role for her.
3: Okay, let me tell you something. Okay. Mm-hmm. So S- it's posted yes, if you want to take
2: a look at it.
3: Okay, so... Um,
2: and I love the UK. They still call flight attendants air hostesses.
3: I do like that.
2: Okay, we used to call them stewardesses, stewardesses. but they're flight attendants and or <laughs> stewards. And then, you know, for the longest time, only up like maybe in the 50s, a man had to be that purser to pour the drinks
3: I love thinking of the name of Purser. It reminds me of the love boat. We had the oldest per We had <laughs> yeah, the we Delta did. guy on who we re- re- retired to his 88, and he mm-hmm. told us that when I first. Think I, of how many good stories before iPhones or cameras were on yeah. planes. Think of how much good, juicy stuff but, happened from a transit oh my, flight oh in, the, yeah. in the upper echelons of the 747. I mean, the stories, I yeah. just think.
2: Well, that's, that's how Sun Country was born. The yeah. Braniff pilots were, so hated the bosses, the guys have owned the Braniff, that like 17 pi- pilots in like 10 flights and said, we can do this. Let's do better. Let's, let's get one yeah. plane
3: and go from there. Let's do it. So anyway, well, I, I'm excited just watching the trailer. All right, so John Hamm was on the Smart List podcast, and that's with Jason Bateman, um, Sean Hayes, blah, blah, blah. And he was talking about, because um, he is the flight instructor in the new Top Gun, which is called Maverick, which is coming out May 27th, 36 years after the original Top Gun. Yeah. And so he talked about working with um, Tom Cruise. Tommy boy. And he said, you know what?
1: what? What? He just goes... Tommy boy I, know, really <laughs> I and, and we
3: have our feelings about him, but you hear pretty much the same from a lot of actors, okay that he shows up before them yeah he's super prepared he, he's super prepared except
2: for when he goes off on a
3: covid Except rant, for which when we he goes off. hear the real Scientology Tom Cruise right there right and so he had um so for filming this, because John Hamm is a flight instructor, he's like
2: um, I'm looking up that guy's name. Yeah, I can't He he died. He's one of our favorite actors. He was on Picket Fences.
3: Yes, he was. But so anyway, Tom Sheriff. Tom, yeah, Sheriff. Tom Sheriff, Tom Sheriff, Tom Sheriff, Skerritt. Skerritt. There you go. Thank so you. close,
2: Tom Skerritt. So that's his character. That's he's his character. From the
3: and so he is tough guy. Um, tough he tough just guy. said he'd show up at 6 a.m. Tom Cruise was already in the gym at 5:30. And then he'd stay past everyone at night because we know he has no life. He has no life. But no, he, no women. No, no children, nothing. Nothing but
2: David Miscavige.
3: And he talked about how, um, just kind of some good advice for actors and some different things. And he said, you know, a lot of these people become the director. And if you want to get in acting and you want to make it, you have to be so ready to go by the time you get there. And a lot of people think they'll workshop it and work it out yeah. on the set. No, looking at you, Jared Leto. <laughs> No, you gotta be re- ready to go when you get there. All right. Um,